Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest is JD from Sales Director Central. JD, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hey, Kevin, it's a pleasure. Thank you for asking. So tell our listeners a little bit about JD, maybe the, the full name behind the JD initials. Yeah, yeah. Um, JD uh, started uh, at a football, as a football thing, and it just kind of manifests from there. In fact, my, my partner said to me at one stage when I first met her, she said, JD, you know, you don't have a nickname. Um, <laughs> and most of my life, no, most of my life literally knows me as JD. My, my actual name is John Dean. Um, and I, I guess from, in terms of background, um, spent 20 years selling IT systems, um, ERP stuff, just was going and doing the same thing in most businesses, going, going through and changing how they were sold, what they did, um, how they went to market. And, uh, 16 years ago, I saw a guy in the U S at a PeopleSoft event called mm -hmm. Kevin O'Connell and he called himself Kevin with um, Kevin the Catalyst with a K. And I started my first consulting business then 16 years ago in February. Uh, and then a little over 14 months ago, we started Sales Director Central, which is, um, so I'm, I'm currently doing both businesses, but um, Sales Director Central really is focusing on, we call them scale-ups. If you're doing somewhere north of 700K to $20 million, we help you grow and scale your business. Uh, and we're super excited about the things that we've been able to do and help and, and the opportunities in the marketplace and the amount of founders that just aren't doing some of the stuff that's obvious to me right, um, therefore not growing and scaling. So you, you've been doing a consulting agency for a long time. I mean, yep. so up to this point. So what was the, what was the transition point or that, that really launched Sales Director Central? Was it was it the just virtually the methodologies you de developed over the that number of years and just kind of formed itself into its own program or its own entity or how did that the kind of the it, it's not really a separation but how did they the real focus yeah. you know start yeah sure sure i um about five or six years ago um so i get paid to speak mentor coach and consult to businesses as catalyst and about five or six years ago, I started doing it for a particular company that I'm on the advisory board for. I started running their sales meetings. And, and what, I, what I quickly realized, and I've done this for a period of time, um, my first book, which is, is just about to get out of um, at a final edit, is um, I Dare You, which is I Dare You Not to Talk About Your Company and Your Product. Um, and what I realized was, the less I knew about the product, the less I knew about the product set, the more I became able to help them understand how the customers buy. And so five or six years ago, um, a company I was on the board of said, hey, can you come and help us from a leadership perspective run the sales team? And uh, fast forward four years, I'm having a conversation with a colleague of mine who, who said, um, hey, why don't we go and do something with this um, program, the Outsource Sales Director program, which is now called Sales Director Central. So, um, yeah, super stoked that in the last 13 months, we've got 
Uh, we've had a fair bit of traction. We've got a mm-hmm. whole bunch of clients. We've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled revenue. Um, we offer money-back guarantee. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. And what we've now got is it's all templated and ready to go. So if you're a sales leader with 15 years worth of sales leadership experience and have done a 1,000 deal reviews, um, then we've got an opportunity for you to make some money and get back to help some of those people with all the knowledge you have around how to help customers buy. Right. I'm not sure, I don't hope I answered the question there. I kind of no, absolutely, yeah. A, a little... Yeah, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I, I think that, uh, so, I mean, you've actually, you're almost building like a stable of, it's almost like a franchise. You're almost franchising out the Someone. concept, you know, to, to sales directors that want to be sales consultants or uh, on their own. So do you have, I mean, are you building kind of a, your own portfolio of, of people, you know, around Australia or maybe even around the world that are, that are using this methodology? Um, in terms of using the processes, what we call PAMIS and value, mm-hmm. um, PAMIS is planning, accountability, methodology, indicators, case, and execution. Right. If we implement that in a business, we can guarantee to double your investment in us or we'll give you your money back after six months. So we have a money back guarantee. We're super solid on just put a good process in play. Most, most, certainly most founders and most tech companies build it and they will come right. Um, right. Field of dreams. But they yeah, build it. Field of dreams. That they haven't come. And in fact, on our website, we talk about a revenue pain chain. Um, which is just talking to people about some of the pains and challenges they have, which mm-hmm. is that I didn't find a salesperson. It kind of just didn't work. Most people hire a salesperson, leave them to fail. Um, right. Deals, deals slip every month. Can't trust the pipeline because there's no rigor and, and cadence to it. There's no yeah. methodology. Sales meetings get flipped around. You don't want to be part of the sales team all of a sudden. So this there's a, there's a whole vicious circle that happens with a, Pain chain. Founders are ridiculously busy implementing and figuring out staff issues and development prop challenges and all that sort of stuff. Maybe raising some money, and um, so yeah, we we now have. I'm um, very very grateful to say we've got five mentors and as well as myself and the founder mm-hmm. who are out there spreading the gospel. Right, spelling, yeah. spreading. Here's how we're going to increase your revenue. Um, so it's, it's super exciting. Uh, we've been lucky enough to be involved in a couple of um, capital organizations in Australia that are running events. Mm-hmm. So again, to founders. So our passion is how do we get founders away from talking about their mousetrap yeah. and starting to understand more about customers, drivers and issues and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I mean, yeah, we've got, yeah. we've got people, we're, we're now looking, we're now starting to look at uh, wider then uh, we've got a couple of people in the UK, one in the US. It's interesting. We really haven't hit the button on the US at all. Right. It's certainly going to because it's uh, um, just, just, just even in Australia, there's 20,000 founders in Sydney, according yeah. to LinkedIn. Yeah. I and mean, it's mad. Yeah. I, it's, that's, uh, it, it's funny you, you mentioned that because mm-hmm. that was one of the ways that you and I were connected. I mean, I, I actually just did a LinkedIn search for founders in Sydney. And, you know, then I had to refine it a little bit by size of company and how long they've been in the, in the role and things like that. So, I mean, I wanted people that really had some experience and had success, you know, as well as, as guests on the podcast. And, and uh, like I told you off camera, you were one of the first to respond, you know, to the LinkedIn request to, to come on the podcast. I, I, I appreciate you doing that. But I, I'm just really, 
really interested. You you said two things that uh, they they they're connected, but but they may appear a bit disparate. But one thing I wanted to ask you was, you, I think, and I don't want to. I'm trying to rephrase this how you how you phrased it, but you almost said the the less I know about your product, the better I am about about knowing what your customers or how your customers respond. Can you? Unpack that a little bit. I mean, I I didn't do a very good job of of rephrasing no, no, that, no. but you know you know what I'm what I'm kind of driving at there. I do, I do. I I started doing this thing when I when I speak, so I'm, I get lucky enough to get paid to speak at kickoffs. And if I don't know the sales team, I started asking this question uh, originally, which is, who here thinks I can do a sales call for your business today? And I was fascinated by the answer because the people who are, I'm going to call them the product bigots, but the people, if you don't know the product, you can't sell it. You know, the, no. the salespeople who do really well in that mode and there's salespeople down the other end who don't know the product well at all, but understand the business. The people who say you need to know the product say, no, there's no way you can do it. <laughs> people, and I'm going to have more of a challenge with them with some of my main messaging. Yeah. The people who say, if you understand the business, you can do it. Um, are the people that I'm going to have an easier time with because they understand it's, it's, it's actually not all about your product. And um, I do a lot of deep dive reviews. We do a sales director central. And one of the things that we see in all the reviews, and I don't know, I've done, Kevin, I've probably done 10,000 deal reviews in my time and certainly you know, with great regularity with my clients now, 90% of the feedback from the company is about the product. Um, and quite frankly, people don't buy the mousetrap, right? They, 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 if you talk about features and functions, you get to a price discussion. Yep. If you talk about business buy drivers and business issues, you get to a turn on investment conversation. And we, we help people get to a turn on investment conversation. So um, you, there's, there's benefits in knowing the product and positioning and all that stuff. And we just don't get involved in that in any way because we believe that if you're going to sell to corporate Australia, corporate anywhere in the world, you need to understand what are the mechanisms to get what a colleague of mine, Tony Hughes, calls a consensus of change. Mm. We can affect consensus of change within a business. We're in super good shape and no one buys on product and price. I mean, I, I love the way that you phrased that a minute ago, that just the difference between, you know, the what determine you know, it, it leads to price discussion and what leads to return on investment discussion. I mean, that, that is a, that's a very clear, uh, you know, distinction between those two. And, and I mean, you'd be an idiot to want to focus on the price. You absolutely. I mean, it would, it, that's a, that's a discussion that, that you're just trying to sell your value versus, you know, show them that this is, this has value in, intrinsically in it. So, Speaking of, that's a great segue kind of into my second question, but uh, no, go ahead, go ahead and finish and I can, I can circle back. Okay. No, go ahead and finish. I can, I can ask you later. I was going to say that we, when we talk about value, most people talk about value in their context. Yep. In what the product, the service is going to offering is going to do. If we talk about value in the customer's context, if we are able as salespeople to stand up and talk to the management team, about the stuff they need to solve and sort out. We can talk to them about their priorities. We're in super good shape to win a bit of business. Mm. We can understand the business case, the, the consensus to change, then really there's, there's not much more required to get something across the line. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I love that. That, that, is, that. that is absolutely true in so many different contexts. I mean, regardless of what the product is, what the mousetrap is. But so segueing into the, the follow-up question that, I mean, it was, you said, you know, one of your, I guess, the, the benefits of the, of the service that you're providing is you say, if we don't, you know, double the ROI, if we don't increase it, a, you know, it's whatever that number X is, that the, the actual price is free for the service. But how do you determine if I'm a business owner, are you and I agreeing beforehand what the metrics are? Are we, is that part of the, the discussion that says, because I mean, you can say, Oh, you know, we've, we've increased leads five times and I can say, yes, but sales haven't increased, you know, proportionately or something like that. So when you say we're going to increase it five times or whatever that, that magic, you know, multiplier is, have you already agreed on what that is with the, with the business owner beforehand? No, we never have. Um, I want to say it was about 14 years ago. I was talking, I was listening to um, uh, another person from the U S who's come out and started talking about um, we get, we get, the Zig Ziglar's and the Tom Hopkins and yeah. Tony Robbins and, and all those guys come to our shores and we lap it up. Um, and they talked about offering a money back guarantee. And at the time I, I felt, I felt a little um, complex by it. I've been offering that for 14 years. If, not on a, on a, if you, if any engagement I have with you, if you pay me any sort of financial return, well, I offer a guarantee. And I never put any, any demands around it quite frankly if you're unhappy with the service we provide then i, I want to give you your money back anyway yeah yeah that's um, true and and what happens without trying to be arrogant what happens with our clients i literally spoke to a client two days ago and we come to a financial agreement when we started because they weren't they weren't um, um massively massively strapped with cash and they were just doing a fundraiser a cap raise and I was talking about, hey, we need to make good on the offer. You said if we can do X, then you'll pay us Y. So we need to we need to call that back up and have a discussion about. It. And he said, you know what, JD, we thought we'd only be doing work with you for a couple of months. Now you're just part of the furniture. <laughs> and so that's a great endorsement. Right, we've become part of the furniture. We get mm -hmm. invited on the leadership teams. It's the we are kind of the missing link to the business. Yeah. So. The, the founders have to get an answer for how to sell more. Founders mm -hmm. can do it, but they can never hire someone to do it. And we provide all that scale for them. So we bring them things that they haven't had. And so it's never come a question of, hey, we need to get our money back because we just become part of the fabric of the yeah. business. And, it's, and the, the value we add in deep dives and all those types of things, it's just never been called to attention. That's not to say it won't be at some stage, but I've never given anyone their money back yet. Right. Um, no one asked for it. Like I probably should say. So, um, um, so it's it's a it's an interesting business. We literally uh, one of the first companies that we started doing this in earnest with tripled. He was went from three hundred and thirty to nine hundred and seventy thousand uh, in his first year. Um, super sucked. I mean, wow. it, was, it was amazing ride. It was I was very um, fortunate most of the people if you think about the paradigm of most founders and where they're at like I said they've got to get some return right they've mm -hmm. built it they will come they've shoestring they've got money in whatever it is they need to get a return on the time and effort yeah and so we kind of have this captive audience if you like they've got to get the return 
we, we show them and, and hold their hand along the path to say, hey, if you do these things, you're just going to sell more. I mean, it's, it's as easy as that. Do you, do you find that most businesses are, are measuring things well? Do you, do you find that they, they're like their key metrics that they need to, need to follow up on or their, you know, their, their lag indicators, their leading indicators that they're, they're, they've got these well-defined and they're just not meeting those targets? Or do you think sometimes it's the, just through leakage and you know, not really knowing what to measure, you know, that businesses are just missing out on some things? Or is it kind of a combination of the two? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I want to go a little bit deeper with it, though. I think indicators are there. Um, PAMIS, that I mentioned before, mm -hmm. the I in PAMIS is indicators. Yep. So let's get the right indicators. I think the key driver, though, is most people know how much someone wants to buy or what's in the proposal. They've got that kind of committed to memory. What they don't know is why, when, and what priorities yep. are happening for the company. And right. so... I think that is more of it. If you make, if you get, um, you know, 10 meetings doing cold calls a week, a month, a year, whatever the number is, um, getting 100, and, and if you get 10 and not getting the outcome you want, getting 100 is just going to um, um, draw to attention, amplify the fact that your process isn't right. Yeah. You know, I literally spoke to a company the other day that win two in 10. Uh, proposals. I mean, that's 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 a lot. There's eight proposals, eight sets of effort that is getting no return. That's just that's that's just kind of saying yes to everything and hoping it works. You 10x that, and then all of a sudden it's 80. You know, that that out of 100 that they're returning nothing. Four out of four out of ten, and we've doubled it. Right? I mean, we've doubled the turnover yeah. super quick. What we're probably more likely going to do is get them not to focus on four or five of those opportunities mm -hmm. and qualify out super early. Yeah. So one of the benefits of 16 years of consulting is the best of the best qualify hard and early. Right? Yep. There's a, a post. There's a post I put up just recently, and it really resonates with most people. In fact, I'll ask you the question: What do we measure in sales? Um, most people think it's, it's revenue, right? Um, I, I believe it's time. I, I think that they're, they're certainly not, not uh, mutually exclusive. I mean, no. <laughs> for if sure. You more time in front of people that have to make buying decisions, you'll make mm -hmm. your number. Yep. You spend more time in front of people who like your mousetrap, you, you may make your number. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that is good. I, I, uh, I mean, listening to you talk, it reminds me, I, I had an interview, I want to say a year ago, it may have been a little longer than that, actually with, uh, you know, one of your fellow Aussie founders named Pete Williams. Uh, he wrote a book called Cadence. And uh, I just, I mean, I'm seeing, hearing so many, you know, kind of similar things in the, in the discussion. And, but I, I mean, you guys have different, different approaches and, and different strategies for sure. But um, I just... I, I like the idea and I want you to touch on kind of your, your pillar strategy. You, I know you've got six pillars that kind of are, you know, that have value as the foundation under them, so to speak. So, so touch on those really quickly and, and uh, just what each of those, those pillars are, what are the levers that are flipped, that type of thing. It, it was interesting. We, we started, when we started the business, we started doing masterclasses to grow some activity and get some interest generally 
Um, if you look at me on LinkedIn, which is John in brackets, JD Dean, mm -hmm. um, I give away my IP three times a week. Um, it's, for me, this is all about my why is changing the way the world sells. Mm. And I want to do that a sales team at a time. Um, so um, it's, it's great to get paid to do stuff. It's great to see outcomes though. Yep. So that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to drive, right? Um, so we've, we've come up with PAMIS. We've, we've done well over 100 blueprints, which is where we come into a business and do a review and look for the things that they're doing well. What are they doing poorly? What aren't they doing at all? And based on all of those reviews, we've crafted a thing called PAMIS. P is for planning. Mm -hmm. Most businesses don't have a plan of how they're going to make their number at all what their existing pipeline is. So planning is pipeline planning, territory planning, uh, account planning, opportunity planning. Just, just having that stuff done and at least let's call it up once a quarter where we're on track, we're not on track, right. we don't need to pivot. You know, right. certainly the last couple of months is a fair bit of pivoting, right? But yeah, and, and having to sure. some of that stuff done as well. But, but what does that look like from a business perspective? A is accountability in sales meetings, from an accountability perspective, we get people to make a commit for the month. I'm committing this deal. Um, there's a series of steps we have in the sales meeting structure. Um, so the accountability is a really key part, not only back to the customer, but just generally mm -hmm. being accountable for the things we do. Um, M is for methodology, have a methodology. So we lean quite heavily on, on target account selling, um, using the 20 questions, but it doesn't matter whether it's solution selling, Miller Hyman, I, I listed 30 recently. I don't care which one you have, just use it. Don't, don't say we have it and sit it on a shelf. Right. Actively, actively challenge and utilize the mechanisms of doing reviews with it. And just that'll create an outcome for you. Um, eyes indicators, the right indicators. In, in Most people measure things like amount of cold core inputs. Um, how, do we measure, how do we measure the stuff that really makes a difference in driving substantial outcomes for clients, not just number of meetings, number of calls, number of proposals necessarily. Um, although some of those might be the right pieces for you. Right. Um, ease execution. I'm sorry, I've missed C. C is cadence. Mm -hmm. Have a regular process for not only sales right. meetings, um, but also um, deal reviews. Ease execution is how we go about executing. And it's all underpinned by value. Um, um, so let me, from a value perspective, I got a, a, another question for you, which is if I told you today lunch was going to be $50, is that cheap or expensive? I think it depends on what the lunch is. Right <laughs> I'm sorry? Right? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's right now, is, is $50 cheap or expensive for lunch? It, I would say that's expensive. Right. If, you, if I said you could have all you can eat and all you can drink in a two-hat restaurant, for five hours, is that cheap or expensive? You just changed the equation. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's not cheap, quite right? as expensive as it was, yeah. Right, right. And if you're, if you're, and no offense to any vegans, I've become vegetarian so, uh, this year, but if you're a vegan that doesn't drink alcohol, it becomes expensive again. The, the only thing that changes in that is not, not only value, it's perception of value. Yep. And, and as subtle as, and as simple as that example is, you know, if you told me your product was 5K, that stands out like the lunch, 
if you told me there's a return on investment, you know, in six months I can double your money or return, give you money back. That's the true value. We need to right. be working with people more understanding the value piece. So value underpins it and sits in every piece. There's right. a value mechanism in, in every one of those. So, so I, we implement that. We get to double to double your um, investment, um, and and thankfully everyone that has engaged us has done that and continues to increase the revenue. Let me let me ask you a question about the indicator piece. I mean, we talked just briefly about that earlier. That that one just just really is fascinating to me. The so if I'm a business owner, are you coming in as a as an outside consultant? Or do I pretty well know what those indicators are that I need to be aware of and I need to be measuring? Or is that a big part of of what you're doing to, you know, to add value to you know? our strategy and, and our, our approach as a business. Are you saying, okay, here's, here's five indicators you are absolutely missing. You're not even considering these and you need to be looking at these type thing. We, we have probably a little bit more simplistic approach. We, we, we do look at what indicators you're currently measuring. Most people mm -hmm. measure far too many things in their business. Probably. Yeah. Um, to your, you know, most of the lag indicators to your early question point. Right. Um, if you've got three or four times your target in pipeline, then you should have enough coverage. So mm -hmm. the, the indicators that we, that we put in play, it's not how many meetings, how many cold calls right. necessarily because they're, they're not the things. Now, we're not going to interfere with a business that has that in place and wants to have that rigor yeah. in, any, in any way. Our indicators are really more around... Um, uh, things like present uh, proposal to to win ratios mm -hmm. and and, uh, and those types of indicators. Yeah. Um, pipeline to quota number. So it's the things that you know. If you close out, if you close out, I've been I've done this many times in my career. I've had really good quarters where a whole bunch of businesses come in and you wipe you you know you wiped half your pipeline out. And you've got to invest a lot more time in build pipe. Yeah. At, at a portion. So we're really more trying to measure and drive that as a process than have you done 10 calls before 10 a.m. Right, right. It might be a nice problem to have. If, you, if you're emptying your pipeline at a, at a higher rate than you were before, that may be leading to a lot more conversions as well. So right. you know, there, that might be a nice, nice problem to have. But I, exactly. I could continue to ask you follow-up questions all day long, but I know you've got, you've got things on your schedule later today as well. But I, I wanted to kind of shift a little bit and we talked a little bit off camera about this, but I, you know, we're really facing kind of this, this global, almost global reset button, you know, so to speak called, called COVID-19 or, or coronavirus and speak a little bit just to, to your business, how, how you've transitioned and then, you know, maybe speak to just founders, just give them a couple of points that say, you know, hey, here's here's a two or three things that as a, as a founder really would help you, you know, from a foundational standpoint to kind of walk your team through this, lead your lead your your company through this with vision type thing because you've been doing this for quite a while. So, and you, I know you you mentioned off off camera that you've written about this a lot as well. So, you know, we want to make sure that people can can go and see those those blog articles as well that you've written. But just just this is your time. I'm gonna get out of the way and try not to ask any too many follow-up questions. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Um, I guess when it when it um, when it finally we started getting into this 
version of lockdown. I, I take it the US is a little harsher with the lockdown, certainly parts of Europe, where it's stage three, I want to say, whatever that mm. means. Um, um, there was some, some, some obvious early things. Sales Director Central is all about leadership. And, and I'm not going to sit back, you know, never waste a good crisis. I've heard that quoted a lot mm. in the last couple of weeks in posts. And we weren't, we weren't going to sit back and wait for customers to say, hey, you know what, you're an, you're an added expense or whatever it was going to be. We were going to be active. Um, in the first two weeks when it really bit in Australia, um, we, we typically spend a day a month with our clients and I was spending almost a day a week with a whole number of them, mm. um, just making sure that we, so we pivoted each one of them um, um, really quite successfully. So we've done about 12 pivots now with organizations we've talked to. Yeah. So organizations that have either, um, and I had a chat yesterday to someone who's got two speeds in his business. One part is going really well because they want to be online and doing a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. The other part is, is selling more retail space kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the conversation we had was, how are you going to set yourself up in the next eight weeks to be the subject matter experts if you weren't quite that already? Right. You know, what, what are you going to do from a marketing? I mean, there's a lot more noise on LinkedIn than there has been. So my, my post sure. readership has gone down a little. Mm-hmm. There's people never posting, doing weekly posts now, yep. which, is, which is great. Yep. There's a lot of information out there. If you're getting an opportunity of talking to your target market for the next six weeks without buying, you can really create some awesome positioning so that when they are ready to come out, confidence does pick up, mm-hmm. then you're ready to, to have the business and, yep. and, and have driven a conversation. So um, we've had clients pivot and create new product sets and go to market with them with work from home stuff. We've had customers uh, create new product all together. Um, we've had others that from a marketing perspective are a lot more active generally in talking to their, their clients. I've got two clients at the moment that are looking for sales reps. So there's not many companies doing that right now. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and, and, you know, from a, from a business perspective, we've been able to drive the bulk of those conversations. And I guess the focus for me is not just our customers, but it's our customers' customers. Mm-hmm. Because, yep. you know, if they're in the retail space right now, retail, entertainment, there's a whole bunch of industries that have been absolutely decimated right. somewhat. Right. And, and so it's really more a matter of how do we drive that conversation and or just get close to your customers' customers. Yep. to help drive that conversation with them. So um, that's, that's a, probably a, a fair bit of what we've been talking to and about with our clients is, is how, do we, how do we take, a, not take advantage is the wrong word, but how do we get ready for when confidence returns? Having said that, in my last week, I've done four deal reviews with my clients, um, which just tells me that, some parts of corporate Australia are still going through a process mm-hmm. and seemingly going to make a buying decision. Um, we've got four clients that have closed deals in the last couple of weeks. Um, I know anecdotally, one of my customers sells um, call center software and you know they had, a, they had a government department buy it on Friday and they were live on Monday. Um, 
Wow. So there's been a Ready whole bunch of really interesting things from a procurement perspective. Yeah. Um, so we're not spending money on this hand, but over here, if we need it, we just buy it right now. Right. We're not going right. to go through all the rings that we normally sure. put in place to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Tell me, what do you think, what is, what is it going to look, what is business in general going to look like on the backside of this on, you know, when we're talking about maybe early fall, early autumn, we're talking about maybe early 2021. What are, what's one or two things that you think from a, like a future strategy standpoint that the, just the business landscape is going to look like coming out of this? Um, I'd certainly hate to be in commercial real estate right now. There's, yeah. I think there's a couple of things that, that there's a couple of things that will never go back. Uh, and, and one of them is that what we're doing now, you know, uh, video conferencing, I think is going to become a lot more mainstream than it has right. been. You know, if you can do belly to belly, it's been a lot better than doing this, but there's going to be a comfort and an ease to it. Mm -hmm. And more, there's going to be a management comfort with not, I used to call, talk about MBWA, management by walking around. Yeah. And the, the management by well, that paradigm has had to change and yeah. had to get broken. And so we'll have some other tools and mechanisms in place. You know, working from home used to be kind of a thing, certainly in Australia, with startups. Some, most of my startup clients, this is just normal. Mm -hmm. um, other than the fact that I'm with their clients, this right. is how they've kind of up. Other clients, you've got to be in the office at nine o'clock in the morning. So yep. there's a whole bunch of things I think that's going to change. Um, I've heard of a bunch of people a lot smarter than me talk about the V. We're going to go in sharp and out sharp. And as long as it's not a W and it kind of bounces again. Yep. Um, I, I think the later part of this year, interest rates are super low access to money is going to be as easy sure. as ever absolutely um, I, I think the um this gig economy is going mm -hmm. to absolutely thrive yep. at a point where everyone where the confidence changes and people are spending the money they're not yet right then a whole bunch whole bunch of the middle management layer may struggle mm -hmm. a little bit if they want to kind of maintain that but but this is going to be there's going to be a huge shift in business confidence and just generally, I think mean, um, yep. um, super stoked that, that right now no one's yet in sales director central said no. Um, but I think the late, later part of this year, we're going to be super well set up to help people with radio. We need to hit a button now, spend right. back on. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting how, I mean, you, how you're viewing the, the future, you know, realistically but optimistically realistic you know at the same time and saying you know this is an opportunity for us to even within sales director central to pivot a little bit or change the way that you're doing business you said we used to meet with them once a month once a month now we're meeting with them once a week you know just out of necessity to kind of walk them through this new normal and, and let it helping them pivot but um one man i just one, go ahead Kevin, I, I, I did mention was part of sales director central is we're putting mentors on um, and, and, you know, unfortunately there's going to be a lot of really talented people in the marketplace in the next two to three months, if they're not already. Um, and we're going to be ready to absorb them and say, Hey, if you're done with the, doing another forecast call, talking to someone that doesn't care about your number. Um, and if you're done with all the commit, you know, the, the, the mechanisms of, you know, typically most Aussie, 
IT companies, globals are managed out of the US or the UK or something like that. If you if you're done with that that um, merry-go-round, yep. we've got a really cool option for you to take all that knowledge you've got and go and help a whole bunch of smaller companies mm. yeah. grow quick. So again, we think we're really well placed with that. So if somebody wanted to find you online, where's the best place to 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 learn more about this that might want to get in touch with you and then kind of follow up with the, what we've talked about today? Sure, sure. So um, uh, the best email to get me at is, is reasonably easy. It's just jd at salesdirectorcentral.com. Um, my LinkedIn profile, as I said, is John Dean, or it's actually JD the Catalyst is the handle. Yeah. Got it in Catalyst is spelled with a K. Um, so that's probably the two best things that we do. Um, like I said, I've got uh, 180 posts online. So the, um, um, I had someone reach out. I did a virtual event for a business summit a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think the following day, she, this person reached out and said, hey, I'd love to grab some of your time. And she'd been reading, she'd been reading my post, not commenting or liking. So I didn't know that she was actively there. Um, but there's a bunch of people I know that just print some of my posts out and use them as fodder for the sales meeting for the five minutes. Let's talk about this concept. Here's some strategies on how to. So every door, every time I do a post, I try and create strategies that you can execute. Um, one of the things that I say when I when I speak is is um, learning without execution is knowledge, and knowledge is great, but learning with execution is traction, and mm. it's all about getting traction. Yep. And it, it absolutely is vital. It's vital for growth in any business. So, JD, I, I just really appreciate your time today. It's, it's just been great, you know, connecting with you and, and just hearing kind of your backstory. And I'll also just, I thank you for, you know, walking us through kind of how to navigate this, this kind of new normal that we're all facing and, and how to come out the backside. And I just encourage our listeners to make sure you check out those blog posts that are on salesdirectorcentral.com and uh, also connected to LinkedIn as well. You know, look him up on LinkedIn. And, and uh, but just thank you for just sharing your wisdom and sharing your insights and just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. JD, thanks again. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.